people, 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 people. What's going on? Um, this is another episode of my little podcast by Live Fast Company, and I'm Nadim. But um, this podcast is super cool. I had a really cool guy I got to hang out and talk with. His name is Steve Cantor. Um, he's just kind of a savage dude. He's from... Uh, he's from, he lives out in Rhode Island and I met him through Instagram, but he's just a super cool guy. You know, sometimes you meet someone that you can instantly tell is a good person, right? You don't really know them. You don't really know what they do. You don't know their story, but you get this vibe that they're just a good person. And, uh, I totally get that from him. So it was really cool to talk to him. I'm really lucky. And I hope you guys find someone now that you can follow, whether it's on social media or at his speaking engagements. Um, he's someone that will definitely inspire you. And I definitely enjoyed my time with him. Um, that was cool. And life's been crazy. So it's been super hard to put out podcasts and, uh, make any type of posts on the internet, really do a whole lot. Um, baby's due in 13 days and we've just got a lot going on and I'm doing a lot of work with my regular job. So that's kind of intense, but that's it. Um, I saw the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, and you have to go see that movie. You absolutely go have to see it, unless you're like weird and uh, not into that kind of thing. But Queen is an incredible band, and the movie was, I think, it was pulled off in a uh, in a, a very creative, and they executed it perfectly. Like I, I loved it. It's a great movie. Um, it got me pumped, and it reminded me that being weird is so much better than uh pretending pretending you're not weird man it's just the truth but cool movie definitely go see that um and other things i started the live fast uh, livefastcompany.com website and it's basically going to be a place where right now what it is is a collection of anything that i make so I write sometimes business articles on LinkedIn, so I'm starting to put those there. Um, I'll write, you know, Instagram posts kind of in a blog format. And then I do this podcast and just various things like that. Sometimes I just write a little article as a rant or I'll record audio as a rant. And all that stuff is going to be on livefastcompany.com and currently is. And then hopefully soon, I think the plan is for me to get people to contribute to it. So I want to get someone who's an engineer. I want to get someone who's, you know, really into art and just all these random different people who can then upload to it because I think that'd be a really, really cool idea. And I'd like to basically just show what motivates me, what I'm motivated motivated by, what dumb thoughts are in my head. Um, I don't really, this company, you know, it's not even a company, this thing, Live Fast, is just you know, me expressing anything I have in my head, whether it's super stupid or it's really funny or it's motivational, it's inspirational, it's political, it's true, it's whatever is just in my head. Uh, so there's no saying, you know, there's no telling what you're going to see on that website, but uh, you'll find some some humor and some seriousness and motivational type stuff that I really get off to, but it's cool. Um, go check that out, livefastcompany.com. I'll be selling some clothes on it soon. I've been trying to figure that out and then um, making sure that comes out in a cool way and isn't corny. Uh, Let's see, what else? I already talked about my wife is having the baby soon, so that'll change my life dramatically. Um, Still, you know, still owning, operating the window business, which is getting intense. It's still super busy. Um, We you know, if we keep making more money, which is really cool and exciting, it's just I'm I'm kind of coming to a point where I'm out of options in terms of 
uh, time and resources between the baby coming and my main job is getting crazy, right? We're going to start working like 12 hour days, 13 hour days at my real job, which makes it even more difficult to run a successful window company on the side. But thus far it's going and, you know, I'm waking up early and I'm putting my face down and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I'm working, you know, almost seven days a week, typically, typically at least six days a week. And, uh, it's good. I enjoy it and I'm pumped for it. And I now I've learned so much about running a business and, you know, what it takes to run a business and what the real stress is and, you know, how you're basically a firefighter the whole time. So, still doing that it's still going great and we've you know we've had a number of employees come out and help us part-time and you know hopefully we'll move to a full-time employee here soon we've been working on it it's a lot harder than it sounds but um it's fun man running a business i've i never knew is just the best thing to happen to me it really is um it's, it's the first thing I feel totally naturally comfortable at, whereas with engineering, it's super forced. I have to pretend like I care about it, and I'm not bad at it, but I really don't love it, so it kind of kills me. Um, I don't know. I keep ranting. I want you to listen to this, this little episode with Steve Cantor. He's a really awesome dude. I really appreciated him, and uh, go see Bohemian Rhapsody. Godspeed, sailors. I, I kicked it off. So what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, happy Monday, brother. Yeah, dude. It's uh, I re- I already see through Instagram that you were up super early this morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like dude, he posted five hours ago. <laughs> that's the norm for me is uh, 4 a.m. Um, yeah. yeah. So but that's that's kind of the weekday norm. Most of the time on the weekends as well. So. So you're up at four. What time do you go to bed? Uh, nine thirty or ten. Pretty consistently. Yeah. Yes, that, that's the same with me. Like, 
I go to bed usually at 10, but every day I say I'm going to bed by nine and it never happens. Right. Yeah. I, I try to be up before the enemy, man. You know, just don't, uh, don't let anybody beat you up, beat you to the, to the punch. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Early, man. Early gets the worm, I guess. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I got to get up early because I commute, I don't know, like an hour and a half total um in the morning and then same thing in the way back so yeah yeah it sucks man like um so so t- tell me about yourself like what what exactly do you do for a living um i know that you're, you're is it a fitness coach i do a little bit of that on the side as well kind of by day i'm uh I, i'm an operations manager for a, uh, a small software implementation company Okay. So we're we're a implementation partner for Salesforce, the CRM. Yep. Um, which a, a lot of people are familiar with because it's the probably the number one CRM worldwide. Um, so we work directly with them and get leads and and then do the implementations. So I manage the operations and I do that by by day. And then uh, I'm a high performance consultant on the side. Uh, started my own business about a year and a half ago. Uh, the Cantor Zone. And okay. uh, do some motivational speaking and uh, leadership workshops, and I coach people monthly as well. Um, That's awesome. Kind man. of fulfills my uh, what the history I have is. I mean, I spent twelve years as a football coach, so I, it really just building relationships with people and have an opportunity to assist them with you know goal setting and uh, really just trying to maximize uh, and squeeze all the potential out of their life. And that's that's kind of what I'm passionate about. And the fact that I can get paid a little extra on the side is just a benefit, but I, I get the fulfillment from hearing about all the, all the wins, man. You know, uh, that's really yeah, what that, kind of fuels me. That, that's amazing. So do you, do you have plans to, to do that full time eventually? I don't, uh, only because I wouldn't want to scale it big enough to the point where I had to travel a lot. Uh, just cause I have two small young kids, which I know you've seen kind of online with mine and, and you're in a similar situation with, with being a dad and stuff. So, um, yep. you know, those are the, those are the things that I always think about. I mean, I've got a great situation right now. The, the guy I work for, uh, you know, gives me some freedom. I, I feel like I do a great job for him. And, and then I have some time if I need, I have obviously paid days off. So if I need to do that to, uh, to go work as a consultant and do some things, um, to make a little side money, but also to, again, the fulfilling piece. I love leadership. I'm, I've been fascinated with it for a long time. And then also just the, high performance, uh, you know, daily habits and things that I feel like my mission is to, to help people improve those things so that they can you know, live the best life possible. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's really interesting. Um, I've, I've, I've never really, I guess I've never thought about, um, having a, you know, a side business and then being super happy with working two jobs like that kills me. So like I work, um, as an engineer. And then I also, I have a, a business, but it's installing windows. So it's not, it's not like mentally fulfilling to replace people's windows. But, um, so, so I'm always, I'm always scheming on how I'm going to get out of my day job so I can, you know, operate full time. But that's super cool that you get enough fulfillment out of, you know, the process of helping people that, that that's all you need. And it sounds like you have an awesome day job too. So that helps. Yeah. You know, the day job, I could take it or leave it in terms of, uh, the actual, day to day, um, there, there's some very, there's some fulfilling parts, which anytime you get to kind of revamp people's 
processes and, and try to tighten those things up. I'm always looking for efficiency and how we can do things better. And I've just, I've always been driven by operations and being organized. And uh, that helps me with, with being a consultant as well. But my day to day calls for that. Um, right. And then I, I do, I teach at a local group fitness place. I do three classes a week and I just kind of, okay. I stretch myself thin on purpose because it gives me an opportunity to kind of cast the widest net too. I mean, I get a chance to meet a lot of local people that I would have never interacted with, um, which in, in turn, I get to help as many people possible, but uh, eventually it'll come back around and help me as well. I'm sure. Uh, but I do it really for the fulfillment and joy of it. So. Yeah, man, absolutely. Like that kind of, I was, I was thinking yesterday or maybe it was two days ago. I had a thought about how, um, you have to create your own luck. And, and so like, I don't, most people who are successful, they worked extremely hard to get there and they might've had some luck that, that met the hard work. But, um, when, the more I think about it, the more I realize it's just you creating your own luck. So by you going out there, spreading yourself super thin, it's just opening up to more opportunities, which someone might say, Oh, you got lucky, man. You met this guy who led to a big speaking event, but in reality, you met hundreds and hundreds of people every week to give yourself that opportunity, you know? Yeah, I was actually just having a conversation with a, with a couple of friends yesterday. Um, they were actually former clients of mine, but they've become friends and they're local here and they're, they're hard chargers that go get after it too. But they didn't really know my backstory of, you know, I work third shift jobs throughout my entire coaching career because you don't make a lot of money when you're not if you're not in the top you know one percent of bcs level football coaches um i was an i was an fcs coach or one double a as they used to call it and um you know i made forty thousand dollars as a coach I was up to about forty five thousand right. most i ever made i mean you can't support anyone off of that based on um when you have a family or anything of that nature so i always worked i either stock shelves at night i worked at a warehouse when I was in Virginia uh, and, and they didn't really know that. So I said, you know, I used to go four nights a week without sleeping. I was literally a That's zombie insane. and I did that for eight months straight. And I did that for another eight months. Even when I got into the private sector, I, I worked three nights a week. Um, and I, right. people still, I see some folks that I used to work with and I was making good money at that time, but it was more about, you know, kind of putting money away and getting caught up for, for all the years you didn't have money, you know? And, uh, right. Absolutely. So it was one of those things, but they, they used to see me kind of nodding off every once in a while in a few meetings, you know, and, uh, they were yeah. well aware. You know, I think a lot of people have a lot of respect for it. Some people are willing to do it. Some people aren't, but you know, they look at me now, my wife and I are both, you know, pretty successful in terms of just income or, you know, we're happy right. and we've got two kids and we're like blonde hair, blue eyes, or I have no hair, but my, my, family, has, <laughs> my family has blonde hair, blue eyes. And they say, Oh, you know, they, they kind of see us on the outside. They don't know about, all the years that I worked third shift jobs and I were, I was humble enough to sweep, you know, always push a broom stock shelves while I've I've got two master's degrees. And, you know, here I am working third shift in a warehouse with guys that have no degree and barely got GEDs and things like that. So I think humility is huge and, and also just, um, you know, relentless pursuit of, of who you want to be and, and, uh, and your goals and, and never let anything get in the way. So I'm not going to let green pieces of paper, you know, money be the reason that I can't pursue something that would make me happy or fulfilled. And, uh, so, yeah, no, you know, I, I hear that, man. So did you have, um, did you have kids when you were doing that? I had one. When you were uh, working one, like crazy? Yeah, I had one child. Um, so I started working third shift a little bit before I had kids. And then 
Um, when we had my first son back in 2011, and my wife, after the maternity leave was over, she said, hey, I don't want to really go back to work. So she ended up quitting her job and I was working full time as a one double day football coach. And then I worked four 10 hour nights at a warehouse. Yeah, um, that's um, so that's nuts. Was that super difficult? Because that's what that's the obstacle I'll be going up against here. And, you know, and, and really any day from now, uh, my wife is due. And so that's something I kind of struggle with is um, I, I try to I try to work 80 hours a week. Um, and I, I just want, you have such a limited time and I have fear of missing out. So I just go as hard as I can every single day. But now that we're going to be having a kid, I get kind of worried, you know, how is that going to get balanced and, and worked out? Um, yeah. I think, so so was, I, did I, you find that was hard? For sure. I think it's harder on the spouse sometimes too, you know, but it, it definitely mm-hmm. is hard. I mean, you come in, I hadn't slept in a couple of days and then you come in and you see your kid and you're going to come down on the floor and you're going to play with this little one, you know, and uh, regardless, and uh, or at least the good ones do, you know, and that's what I've, I've took great pride in. I mean, I grew up without a dad, so I take great pride in being a great dad. And uh, I, I feel like the only way to do that was be down there, you know, boots on the ground, right. And be on the floor with them. Right. And, uh, and that's where I wanted to be. So uh, it, it is difficult. And I've probably got the most balance I've ever had in the last few years uh, being out of coaching and, kind of doing my side business and having a eight to five per se. But mm-hmm. I, I go, I'm much like you, you know, I'm, I'm working essentially always mentally working 60 hours a yep. week minimum. Uh, just because when you're anytime you're trying to be relevant in terms of your social media stuff and things you have to do to just keep side business going uh, and get mm-hmm. the message out there. And also, you know, you take on some responsibility of inspiring other people and, I feel like consistency has always been my message. So if I don't post on a day, I feel like I let people down, you know, and I do carry that weight a little bit. So, um, but balance is key. Yeah, man. Balance is key. And I'm sure your, you know, your wife will remind you, <laughs> which mine had to, <laughs> um, but you know, they also, y- your kids, um, your kids will also see that as an example too. You know, and I do wholeheartedly believe that, you know, they, they follow in our footsteps. They, they learn, uh, what to do and what not to do by our example, man. And uh, if you're out there grinding and yeah. you're still spending quality time with them, they're going to learn from it. They're going to learn to respect hard work and, and dedication and commitment. So uh, that's what I've always been. Yeah, about. for sure. Cool, man. Well, yeah, you've got me feeling a little better about it. It's kind of been, it's been scaring me in a, in a good way. Like I think it's, it's good to get a little nervous because it, it just makes you more self-aware. Um, but I wanted to ask you because I'll forget. Um, so, h- how do you go about getting your new customers for your side business? You know, consulting uh, athletes. Um, is it mostly through social media, or is it people you're meeting, or, or a mixture of, of the two? A mixture of the two. I mean, most of the time, uh, at least a few of the clients I had had some sort of, at least previous relationship with uh, of, of some kind, even very minimal. Um, and, and then also I've had a few where people have just reached out to me because of my consistency uh, online, whether it's LinkedIn or, or the Instagram things. And uh, people have reached out and said, hey, I think you can help me. You know, I'm in a rut. I need, you know, some guidance. And, and I'm able to kind of step in and, and help guide them in the direction that they need to go. And, um, you know, I always tell people I don't lock anyone into a long-term contract. I do it by month. But I, I always say, right. give me 90 days. 
think we can establish a new direction. I uh, can help, you know, you get beyond what the sticking point is that you're experiencing. And, uh, and I've worked with people much longer than the three months, but I typically say, you know, uh, I want you, I want to help you get on your own feet after 90 days. And, and that's my goal for them. Yeah. So if I came up to you and, uh, I had say I had no previous physical experience, physical fitness experience. And I told you like, Hey man, I, I want to run marathons. Um, would you be able to take me from, from nothing physically to being able to run a marathon in a healthy way? I feel like I would, you know, I don't, I don't really position myself as any type of a run coach. I know there's, there's plenty of folks out there that are, have much more experience than I do uh, from running standpoint, but they also, a lot of them that are coaches, they've also been running for a long, long time. And so they, they may, and I, and I say this and it's not a sweeping statement because I know not all of them would be guilty of it, but they also may not understand what it's like to work with someone who is just the average person who doesn't have maybe the build or, um, you know, the capacity to run much like they did because they've been doing track and cross country and things of that nature forever. I was a football player. I, I started running three years ago, you know, and now I've run two 24 hour races and I've done those things only because I'm, I believe in consistency, you know, brick by brick, man, you can, you can really build anything you want. So I do think I could take someone. Right. Uh, I've, I've assisted people even, um, free of charge guys that I've known for 20 years, I've helped them either lose weight or begin a running journey. Or a lot of them say, hey, I got inspired mm-hmm. to run because I see your post about running. And I'm like, Hey, it's, it's the greatest opportunity to get out and really explore uh, certain areas and, and also get a little time away from the world and get in your own head a little bit. So um, I always recommend it. And then I, then I start talking about, Hey, what shoes are you going to wear and how are you going to keep yourself healthy? And, and uh, so you can run yeah. the next day. But yeah, I certainly could do it. Um, again, I don't. I, I certainly don't say I'm a running expert by any means, but I'm, I've got, I've been able to make significant progress in a short period of time. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's uh, that's really cool because I think a lot of people really want to get started on whether it's being healthy or becoming a runner. You know, maybe getting into lifting weights. They want to do these things, but it's. I can I can even speak for myself that it it gets super intimidating if if you're trying to start something new like that and then you got to go to some gym where everyone there looks like an expert you know at least to your eyes um, it's intimidating and then you make you can make excuses to not follow through with it so I think it'd be cool you know people have someone that that'll really teach them how to go from scratch to getting consistent and and setting some sort of goal. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just went. I just experienced that. I don't know how much you followed my journey lately in the last seven weeks. This would be week seven, but I, I wanted to learn to swim. Um, I've always learned. I've always known how to swim in terms of not drowning. <laughs> I grew up at the beach yep. and spent a lot of time in pools my whole life, but I had never actually swam a lap. You know, I had never had proper swim instruction. So um, recently, uh, a little over six weeks ago, I, I said. I'm going to go back to the local YMCA and I'm going to jump in the pool and I'm going to learn how to swim. And uh, so I've been watching videos and listening to some podcasts and talking to a few people. And then I said, you know what, man, I'm just going to go, go in there. And uh, it is intimidating because you don't really know the flow of how many people in the lane and how all this stuff works, right? You're a complete yeah, outsider, sure. so it can be intimidating. But the one thing I'm, I'm humble enough to take advice, humble enough to take coaching. 
then I'm smart enough as I get right. going who not to take coaching from. Uh, you know, I don't want to look anything yeah. like that guy, so I'm not going to listen to to that uh, advice. But um, yeah, I just I went through that as well. Here I am, almost 38 years old, and kind of going through uh, a swim process. And most people would look at me and say, "Oh, you're a good athlete," and, uh, but the water right. is different, man. It's completely different. I have a, a very, you know, I'm very comfortable in the weight room or or out on the on the pavement or trails now at this point, just because I've I've done it now, but uh, it is can be intimidating. And so I certainly understand and, and empathize with the people that are going to try to take on something new. And uh, I always have a subscription kind of for that, a plan for that and say, hey, maybe we start at home. You know, you do a 20 minute home workout and you do some things that to get more comfortable uh, with moving you know, those types of movements before you go out in public and do it, because I do know there's an intimidation factor in a who's watching me type of, uh, you know, feeling. So it, yeah. it can be overcome. For sure, man. So are you, are, are you going to be doing any triathlons in the future? Is this where this is headed? It's kind of the natural progression. I think, uh, I mean, here I am in Rhode Island, the ocean state, uh, there's a lot of really good triathletes and, and there's just a few people locally you know, the one thing I've, I've learned about endurance sports uh, and activities is that it's hard to find people that are willing to do it with you, <laughs> right? So uh, sure. at some point, and I do, I actually prefer to run alone and have my time, but there's at some point you, you kind of hit a, a ceiling as well when you do everything alone because there's no one better than you that's instructing you or maybe pulling you along. I'm, I'm kind of used to being Absolutely. a guy that's doing the coaching and, and bringing guys along with me. But at some point, someone has to help elevate me. So um, yeah. I'm on the ground floor and these people are way better than me. So it's great because I can have the opportunity to learn from them and, and also say, all right, I see your time. I'm going to try to beat that and start pushing myself that way. But yeah, um, the triathlon is definitely in the kind of in my crosshairs a little bit. I think I, I think next summer. I'll take on one of those and maybe a, a run swim event uh, or swim run as they call yep. it now. There's a few of them up here in New England that that, that look that look interesting and something else to kind of push the limits a little bit. Yeah, I um, I'm dude. I've I don't know. I've turned into a terrible athlete, but um, when I, I lived in Rhode Island and um, that's where when I was in high school I started doing triathlons, and so there's you know, there's a ton of good ones in New England, but, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing because you'd see someone like I would do, um, I did some of the half Ironmans in New Hampshire and, uh, I'd go do them. And then like a 60, 70 year old man would just completely shit on me and beat me by two hours. Um, and it'd blow my mind and it's the most humbling experience in the world. Um, I think triathlon is one of the coolest sports. It really is. Uh, it's a fierce sport for sure. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, everybody's on their own journey, man. I think is is the as early and often as you can remind yourself of that, as you the, the fitness piece for sure, because I think people tend to get more competitive when it's something physical. Um, you know, I got I was running a, yep. I was running a hundred k out at the Zion National Park or right outside of Zion back in April, and there was a close to seventy year old woman who ran right by me who was running the hundred miler, and I was like, you know, <laughs> you think you're you think you got it together and I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that I'm by, by no means an elite athlete. Uh, I finished in the top third in that race, which was good for a guy that's been running, you know, at that time, less than three years, but 
here it is, man. This lady's 70 yeah. year old running through the mud right now, right behind me and smiling, doing it, you know? And, uh, so it's yeah. everybody's on their own journey. The more we can remind ourselves of that and say, you know what, am I better than I was yesterday? I think that's the mindset we have to have because it'll help us keep showing up. Cause if we keep comparing ourselves to people around us, man, it's, that's a hard life to live. Man. And, uh, Dude, it's for, avoid, and it for sure is. I avoid doing it. You know, I like when people can kind of help me turn the dial up a little bit by showing me something or or maybe laying a time out there and challenging me. But that's usually people that I'm at least comparable with or close. Um, but right. if you look on social media now, you know, it's easy to go get down in the dumps that you're not going to be uh, some of these folks that are <laughs> out there crushing marathons and things of that nature. So I avoid doing that. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, uh, but I, I do, I got to admit, like, I'm so competitive to the bone that I'll see something online. Like, um, I don't know. I'll see Joe Rogan post that he just, you know, he's a meathead and he's jacked out of his mind. And I'll be like, what the fuck? I can do that. All right. I'm done. I got to get off my computer. I got to go start running. And I'll be like, you know, I can beat anyone in the world, even though I know I can't. Um, I just get wildly competitive for some reason, which I, I, I like. And it's uh, it's taught me some valuable lessons about being overly competitive, um, and how to how to be competitive in a healthy way. But yeah, no, um, I agree. You're definitely right, man. So, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm I'm guilty of some of that too. You know, you'll see. Uh, I, I like the the Murph um, doing Murph on Memorial Day. You know, a lot of people do it and they post their time online and and yep. you know, and there's multiple ways to do Murph. Do you do it unbroken? Do you break it up 5, 10, 15? And there's so many other ways. And I kind of deep down, I'm competitive saying, you know what? This person didn't even do it unbroken. They didn't do it with a vest, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I'm guilty yeah. of doing some of that as well. But I think that some of that's healthy though. You know, you just got to uh, just keep turning the dial up, man, and, and challenging yourself. But you're right. It can get unhealthy at times. So it's it's uh, it's a balance. Yeah, for sure, man. Um yeah, but that that is a really good point that um especially in today's day and age and and even more so for like kids um looking at people whether it's on social media or on TV whatever the medium is um looking at them and not letting whatever they're projecting to affect the way you your life is and how confident you are um I'm I don't you know, I've, I've never struggled with not being confident. So it doesn't really affect me, but I know that I know a lot of really good people who they go online and they really get down on themselves when they see someone posting something, which honestly might not even be true, whatever it is they're posting. It's just them, you know, projecting what they want you to think. So, um, I think that's a great lesson for, for everyone, especially kids, just to know that whatever someone's posting, you, you're on your own journey, your own story. And, um, Really, everything else is irrelevant. It's just you inside your own head and how you want to make yourself better. Yeah, I think that's important, too, because, you know, when we were growing up, um, I don't know how old you are, Nadine, but, you know, I'm close to 38 now. So when you were, you know, when I was growing up, you didn't have access to all this information on who who was doing what, what their times were, what their, you know, and I was an aspiring major league baseball player and NFL, you know, every every young kid and mm-hmm. uh, grows up thinks that they're going to go make it big, but you, you think you're good because you're comparing yourself to the five guys that you hang out with all the time, you know, and, and you happen to <laughs> Absolutely. be able to hit the curveball and they can't, you know, so you think, Oh, I'm good. You know, I'm going to, yeah. and, uh, nowadays I, I agree. I mean, you have access to so much footage 
and, uh, and information about what people are able to do. And there's some pretty good baseball players in California or wherever, you know, and you're going, whoa, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not right. that good. So I think you're right. It's, it's good to be able to just be able to let it roll off your back and, and just continue to get better and, and talk about 1%, getting 1% better every day and, and compare yourself uh, to the person yeah. you were yesterday. And I think ultimately that's going to better serve you. Yeah, for sure. Where, so, where, um, you know, where where are some places you draw inspiration from? Because you're you're just you're living this life of honestly in, intensity, and um, and you're doing it at a point in your life where it's a lot harder to do. It's really easy to to be a super intense guy and work out all the time when you're 21 because you don't have nothing's bothering you. You don't have kids, and you probably don't even have a full time job or a mortgage. You're doing all of these things better than most people where, where are you pulling inspiration from you know i've always uh a little bit of me is whether it's good or bad i've, I've always kind of been in crisis mode to be you know the best i can be and and uh be able to outlast the guy next to me and, and that's kind of always been the driving force for me as as an overachiever you know um and, and now I, I do expose myself as, as often as i can to a lot of podcasts and, and a lot of um other, you know, hard charging guys like the Cameron Haynes and, and David Goggins and, and some of these guys, Jocko Willick, uh, they, they're, the, they're the people mm-hmm. that I, I listened to uh, Jocko and his podcast and read the books. And a lot of that was leadership driven, but it, you, you can't help but um, want to model yourself after that consistency, which I would say I'm just as consistent. And, um, but then it's the, you know, yeah. the Cameron Haynes piece. And he was really one of the first guys I listened to that was running the hundred milers and some of those things. And I said, you know what I've run, why can't I run a hundred miles and why can't I run an ultra? And, uh, so I, I do still gain inspiration from that. And I still feel like, you, you know, you become what you feed yourself and your diet just does. It's not just what food you're putting in your mouth. It's what you're listening to and who you hang out with and all those things are, are really your diet. So I try to, you know, gain inspiration from as many, people that are high achievers and do things better than I do it, uh, as often as possible. Yeah, dude, that's, I've never, the, what you just said, I've never really conceptualized it like that, but you know, it's not just the food you put in you, but it's what you consume mentally. Like that's, that's huge. Cause if you're just listening to dog shit all day on, you know, excuse my language, but on, on Instagram or Facebook, that is going to affect you. But if, if you're just, you know, constantly listening to powerful people like Cameron Haynes, it's just good for you. I mean, it's 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 good to be exposing yourself to people that are better than you, um, or can maybe push you in a new way. But yeah, I'd never thought of it like that, and that's a really good point. That um, food is important, but so so is what you're exposing yourself to on a day to day basis. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a lot of people tried to make maybe light of that years ago. I remember the the controversy between the with the game. Doom, I think it was, was one of the first kind of um, where you were behind the gun um, shooting games, you know, early mm-hmm. on back when I still played video games as a child. And I remember them saying, oh, it's making people want to shoot other folks, you know, and I, I you know, when you're a kid, you don't, you <laughs> don't have the maturity to really be able to, to listen to that and understand the exposure and how maybe that does desensitize you to uh, violence or, or something of that nature. But I do feel like um, if you're constantly exposed to negativity or you're constantly exposed to problems and, and things of that nature, then you, you're, you're probably going to have less 
optimistic and positive attitude, it's going to be a little more negative and you're going to side with the negativity. So I think uh, the more you can listen to things that are uplifting and, um, and motivational and inspiring, then you can gain a little bit of that inspiration, whether you're going through a tough time or you're just kind of going about your day and, and maybe okay with mediocrity for a little while. Uh, maybe that can help ramp you up a little bit. And I think it's huge. I mean, again, people used to warn you about the the company you keep, right? They say you're the average of the five people, yeah. the five people you spend the most time with. You're the average of that. So if you're spending time with guys that are up to no good or they're they're really not up to anything, um, you, you probably have, you know, by laws of average, you're, you're probably going to be uh, a lot like them. But if you hang in a crowd that are go-getters and high achievers, then you're going to have a better chance of, of doing that as well. So, uh, again, I, I want to feed myself the best uh, things that I can and not a lot of profanity because I, 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 if I listen to something with a lot of profanity, I tend to start talking just like that. I mean, I've seen it in my own life and I'm not a guy that walks around just using profanity for no reason. I've got two small kids and things of that nature. But um, again, it has a lot to do with what you feed yourself. Dude, that's so true. And uh, that's really funny. So um, on the profanity level, I have no idea how I'm going to have a little kid in the house. (laughs) My my wife is so scared because there is a... there's no filtering me, man. I'm I'm a sailor at heart, and uh, I'd say the first day I stepped on a ship, I found my home because I, the the profanity follows me, um, and it's horrible. Like I don't know how I'm going to have a kid in the house. Um, I'm going to be constantly watching what I say. Yeah, I think you'd be you'd be surprised right. how quickly you can kind of um, change that. Because I mean, I was in I was a I was a full time coach. It was. It, the most alpha environment that you can be around. Right. I mean, it was, I was a college, oh, yeah. college football coach. And um, so I went from, I did that, but at the same time, you kind of get it all out at the office, <laughs> you know, and then you come home and yeah. you know, I've got a, a nine month old or up to two year old while I was still coaching at some point and uh, I never said any of it. So uh, it's, it's definitely right. something you got to be intentional about for sure. But uh, I've got hope for you, my man. Yeah, man. I, I think it was, uh, I think my time in a, in a military academy really screwed me up. I think that that implanted deep in my brain. I showed up as a young buck from Cumberland, Rhode Island and came out this filthy sailor. But, um, so, uh, where, where do you live? I'm down in Wakefield actually in Wakefield, Rhode Island. Yep. Really? Down in South- I didn't even, I didn't even know you lived in Rhode Island. Yeah, down here in South Kingstown, man. We're, we're enjoying it. And, uh, we were here we came up here to, to work at University of Rhode Island uh, back in 2012. Yep. And uh, when we all got let go, at some point, uh, our staff got let go. We decided to stay in the area. We liked it a lot. Uh, we had a quick move down in Charleston, South Carolina for about eight months. We didn't like it. And we moved back. And um, my oldest son started kindergarten that, that year that we got back. So it was, uh, it's, it's been a great, great thing for us and as a family for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I, so I grew up in in Cumberland, Rhode Island, and then you know I went to high school there. Eventually, I moved to New York for college, um, and then when I graduated, I moved out to Seattle, where I am now. But I, I do miss I miss New England, man. There's a there's a certain type of person that comes from New England, and that person doesn't exist on the West Coast. I'll tell you that, um, and that's not a hit on people from the West Coast. There's just it's just a different style of human that lives in, in New England, and I miss it. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, 
being a guy that's from, you know, the mid-Atlantic, from Virginia Beach and spent some time in the South with, down in Charleston, it, it's different for sure uh, up here. And, uh, it, and, and we've enjoyed it. You know, we live in the southern part of the state, so it's there's not a lot of super heavy accents and things of oh. that nature. So uh, yeah. you don't really realize you're in Rhode Island um, from that standpoint. Right. But right. Uh, we, we've we've had to, we've had to yeah, get accustomed to, you know, calling people ma'am and that's derogatory. So you have to say miss and things <laughs> like that. So I've uh, I've had to kind of switch that around over the years. Yeah, man. Like, um, it's funny when my my coworkers, um, they they're from the West Coast, and they'll meet someone from the East Coast and go, "Dude, why is he yelling?" I'm like, "Oh, he's not yelling. He's just from right. Boston. <laughs> That's just right. how they talk." Right. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, all right. So, so what what events do you have coming up? What's what's your next big race or? Airplane you know, thing. I'm um, I'm actually in the process of organizing. I'm going to do a uh, I'm going to be the race director and organize a half marathon um, for the spring. Oh, yeah, that's you awesome. Know, you know, I, I was talking to uh, a couple former colleagues, and they were they're very early on their running journey, and they they mentioned, oh, you know, I, I get inspired by your running post and, and your journey in the run, and I gain inspiration from that. I said, oh, that's very nice of you to say, and they said, you know, you ought to get a group together and run a race in the spring, I bet you could get a hundred people to run a race. And I was like, Hmm, well, if I could get a hundred people to run a race, then why wouldn't I just organize it on my own and then take the money that we raised and donate it to a local charity that to, uh, to help people overcome addiction. So, um, there's a local organization called uh, South Kingstown partnership for prevention SKPP. And, uh, my goal is to, to try to raise $10,000 for them. Um, so I'm in the process now of getting all the sanctions and all the, the, kind of the paperwork battle in place uh, so that we can start publicizing the, the pound the rock half marathon yeah. um, in at the end of March and right here in South Kingstown. And yeah, fired up to do that. That's yeah. Awesome. I think it'll, it'll, you know, other than me, you know, I usually I'm the guy that's okay to, you know, willing to suffer for the, for charity and, and try to raise money. I think this, this yeah. cast a wider net because of course I would encourage other people to, to maybe use, the race to raise money on their own, maybe for either for the, my same organization or organization on their own. Um, something over the last calendar year that's kind of right. hit me hard and just said, Hey, you know, if you can, if you're healthy enough, uh, I'm in, you know, I'm motivated enough from a self-motivation standpoint. Why, why wouldn't I use those skills and talents to, uh, to better the community that I live in? And uh, that's been our goal. And uh, it, it, I'm excited to kind of, to get this thing completely taken care of from the paperwork standpoint so I can start getting the word out and get people signed up and get them training and, and ready to have an epic event. Yeah. So is it, is it super hard to throw your own event? Like, is it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I've always imagined it'd be really expensive and there'd be a ton of paperwork and you got to get cops there and, you know, set up roadblocks or whatever. Is, is it really difficult? It's not easy. Let's just say that um, I'm still going through the process yeah. and kind of finalizing some of those things. But the, the initial hurdle really is just you, you've got to get a, a larger organization to sanction it so that you're covered from an insurance standpoint. Because most towns or cities you live in are going to require up to $3 million in insurance um, and, and have them named as a third party so that you could be covered. And that, right. that's kind of the first hurdle you got to get over. And um, if you know enough people, you can get them to donate their time, you know, EMTs and, and, um, 
and other volunteers. They can serve as flaggers. You don't necessarily have to have a lot of police yeah. there. It's usually more about medical personnel, um, okay. if you, especially if you're not doing busy streets. I've kind of uh, the local bike path here. We're going to utilize that and be on there for a few miles uh, at a time as well so yeah. that that has no traffic involved in it. So, uh, one of, you know, the, the, your goal at any time you're organizing a race is, is runner safety. You know, if you can get out of it as a runner, you know, everybody was safe. No one got hurt or killed. Then, uh, then you, you had a successful race from that standpoint. And then, um, but yeah, it, there, there's some hoops you got to jump through and there's a reason that not everyone, wants to do it. you know, uh, I much would, I would prefer to pay right. $5 to run the race. But again, that doesn't, uh, accomplish the mission that I would like to accomplish, which is, is better assist, you know, folks that are addicted and, and, or our, our kids here locally that, uh, that run the risk of falling into addiction. So yeah, that, that's the goal now. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. If you, um, keep me posted on that, I'll, I'll fly to Rhode Island and that run that amazing. race. Um, yeah, my my folks still live out there, so anything I can do to get out there and and do some running, especially in in, in uh, South County, yeah, would no, be I'll awesome. most definitely keep you posted uh, once it's. Uh, I'm hoping to have everything tied up by the end of this month, and that way it'll give me a, a good four months to to get the word out. I mean, I, I've already been contacting people that I know personally, and I think that would be the bulk of folks uh, that sign up. And then there might be some people here locally that that hear about it and, and want to sign up to run, but. It's going to be a nice little course right in South Kingstown and uh, an epic event. Uh, do yep. an after party at the local brewery that's less than 100 yards away from the finish line and um, and just do some things to kind of get people uh, around one another. And, you know, I feel like iron sharpens iron, right? So if you if you're around some hard charges right. that just ran a race, I think everybody gets better. Yeah, man. So is, is there going to be a limit to the amount of people you're, you're allowed to have? Uh, no. No, I'm trying to get, I mean, I, you know, I anticipate 200 plus just because I'm persistent enough to call, call people personally yep. and bug them. Uh, but, and, yeah. and a lot of people have given me verbal, uh, you know, confirmation that they would run. And, and again, I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't. It's around, it's not competing against some of the other races that are right in the spring. I picked a Saturday that they yep. can compete with other folks that are trying to raise money for certain causes for school system or whatever it was. And, uh, again, I have enough of a following and, uh, and I'm persistent enough and I'll go, I'll go find you, you know, if you're in Rhode Island, I'm going to find you and you're going to run this thing. So uh, that, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think it's a good um, cause and, and I think people sign up for good causes. Cool. Yeah. Well, you got to keep me posted because, um, between myself and, and my friends back home, dude, I could conjure up a village for you if we had to. And uh, I think that's a cool cause. I'm I'm 100% in, into flying over there and going for a race and, and recruiting as many people as you need. So keep me yeah, passionate. Yeah, I sure will, that. man. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, again, it's, uh, you know, anytime you can get, you can wrap your head around and, and uh, a great cause and, and figure out a way to just get people together, man. And that's, uh, we'll end up having a, my goal now at that point too, is to have a link that people that couldn't make it here to run, they'd still be able to donate. Uh, that way we could get as, as many yep. people that really wanted to support the cause to, to be able to do so. But my goal is to have it as an epic event that a lot of folks, local businesses right here in South Kingstown get a chance to benefit from it too, that they're there on site to sell merchandise and food and anything else that we can to uh, spectators and stuff so that, you know, we can drive some revenue, man. It doesn't have to be Black Friday to make some money, right? So, 
we want to uh, we want to just be yeah. able to make sure that the community benefits. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool, man. Um, do you have I to leave? I'm good. I'm are good you running, you are, running out of time? You're good. Cool. So, um, I just have I have a couple more things I wanted to ask you because, all right. So, you talked about um that race you did in was it Utah? Yeah, went out to Utah. Yep, the Zion 100K. Yeah, 100K, man. What was that like? You know, I got out there a few days early. Um, the elevation is, or the altitude is not really a big deal in southern uh, southern Utah. So that, that didn't worry me. Uh, it was more so just the elevation. You know, I'm, I'm training at sea level. There's not a lot of hills here, at least locally. I would have to drive yeah. certain places, and I did. I would go out to, like, Ar- Arcadia um, and get to the get out on the trails a little bit, do some of my longer runs leading up to it. But for the most part, it was still just putting miles on your feet, do a little on, on a treadmill, an incline treadmill. It's nice to get used to the hills, but it was an epic experience, man. It was, um, you know, the weather cooperated. It rained for seven hours. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, was, oh it felt like Rhode Island out there at the time. I was expecting heat based on the almanac and some things I looked at historically, but it wasn't hot. And, um, but there were some yep. tough parts and then there were some just extremely beautiful views that, uh, they'll keep you motivated to run. And, and, uh, there were some good people out there. You had a chance to for spend sure. a little bit of time running with some folks, but for the most part, it was you in the desert man, and, uh, by yourself. So it was a good chance yeah. to reflect on how that's, blessed you are. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. Did you bring your family I out didn't. there with you? Uh, you know, I, I kind of wanted to make that happen. And then it just, it just becomes a tough deal when you, you're going to go out there for four or five days in advance. And, um, you know, there were some people that, yep. that were thinking about being able to come out from California that I know, and it just all kind of fell through. But again, you don't, you don't sign up for it thinking, uh, I gotta have, you know, this many people support or be there. So, uh, a lot of yeah. it is, Absolutely. It's kind of when I get moved to do something, I sign up, put it on the calendar, and then you start getting yourself ready for it. And uh, that's just how I operate typically. Because if not, you won't do it for years. You know, if you say, oh, I really want to go out west and I really right. want to run these trails, and if you don't put it on the calendar and, and take the initiative, uh, it won't happen. For sure. It's called the lie of tomorrow, man. And it, I wonder how many people. Um, you know, push everything off until tomorrow. Uh, that's that's a really sad, sad thing that I think kills a lot of people. But um, so, what what was your nutrition like for so 100k in the desert? What are you carrying with you on your person? That's what I wanted to know because I did a race. It was only 22 miles, um, but it was, and I think it was 5,800 feet of elevation gain, and it killed me, man. So I, I want to know what 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 do people carry on them for a race that long? Um, and I and hopefully you can give yeah, me some for tips. Sure. I mean, I think that the key is just at least fluid, right? I mean, a lot of people are going to eat differently, and and have maybe some folks have some diet restrictions, or or they're just really setting their ways in terms of what they eat from a calorie standpoint. But I I had a vest on that had a two liter bladder. And I was using Tailwind, which of course is, um, you know, kind of a uh, new, you know, the Gatorade-ish type of um, electrolyte drink in powder form uh, without all yep. the sugar. It's it's a lot better made. It's a great product. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but uh, I've used it a lot 
yeah, yeah, that's what we yeah, use. It keeps, as well. keeps me from cramping and, and all those things. So and that has a little bit of calories, and you can get the caffeine version as well. So that helps. And um, so I use that the whole time. And then um, I had some some of those packets of uh, what they call trail butter, and um, and it's basically real food, but it's a combination of like almond butter, dark chocolate. I mean, there's some other things okay. that are added in there. It's a nice, it's a good product. You can get it either directly from them or get it on Amazon. But good yeah. product with calories. Um, and then I eat, I eat a lot of real food. You know, I I from a diet standpoint, I don't like all of those gels. You know, the ones that are made in in some yep. <laughs> some manufacturing plant somewhere that uh, you know. I, it just doesn't sit well with me. So I avoided all that. And I just ate as much real food as I could at all the eight stations. And so I was eating quesadillas, cool. and, you know, bacon and a lot of the things I eat normally anyway. Um, so that, that yep. was kind of my plan. I mean, it was a well-supported race as far as the eight stations. So you didn't have to carry everything yeah. with you, but you certainly had to have enough to get you from, you know, eight station, to eight station. And, um, typically train without a lot of support i don't really carry a lot of water i mean if i go on a 20 mile run i won't drink any water and um yeah i mean I'll go, i can go 20 miles here typically in rhode island 18 to 20 miles without water or food and i train that i train that way and it, yep. it certainly helps on race day now i do understand the benefit too of getting kind of that jolt of calories and uh nutrition you know, in the middle of a race. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't argue with anyone that says that's better. I, I certainly would agree, but you know, as well as I do when you go out for a training run, it yep. kind of gets annoying to carry everything with you as if it's race day. Right. So I'm a little, I'm a little stubborn, uh, I'm absolutely, a little stubborn when it comes to that, but you know, those are some of the products that I've used. I've used spring energy, uh, mirror energy. Those are two that are two of the more popular ones that I saw online that are real made out of real food and they come in those little packs. Um, and that was one of the things I didn't have enough of when I did the last man standing ultra marathon back in Labor Day okay. was I needed a little more liquid calories. I ran out of, uh, mm -hmm. calories that I wanted to actually take in. I just, I, I didn't want to eat anymore, you know, after eight, 17 hours of running or whatever it was. So, um, I got behind and I wish I'd had more of those gel or, kind of liquid calories right yeah that's a that's something i i didn't figure out before that last race i did um but i'm hoping to do a 50k next summer and so i'm i'm trying to lock down and i guess i'll have to experiment but different things i can do to stay hydrated and and full because i get I get real sick of water and then I can't eat, man. I can't, it, it kills me to eat something while I'm running. Um, so I kind of got to find a new way to get calories because I think that definitely killed me. And I only ran 22 miles, but by mile, I don't know, 17, I felt like I was out of, um, I was out of energy. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's so, a balance between uh, yeah, being tough and your body actually just needing calories. Right. I mean, I've always tried to say, oh, I'm tough enough, yep. but you know, I, uh, there's still a, a very, very fine line between being tough and dumb. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to try to be less, less yeah, dumb. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Same. Um, I, I need to do better. That's a tough, that's a tough part about those long races. Um, 
but I think I'd like to get into ultra marathons. I've, I've run a couple marathons and I've run, um, I've run them all on the road except for this last race was on Mount St. Helens and something about running on the trail was, was so much more exhilarating. So I think that's my next venue is I'm going to try to run an ultra, um, uh, around Mount St. Helens or, or something in a mountainous region. Cause that thing, it's awesome, man. It's so cool. You meet some wild people out there that are freak athletes and you're like, okay, I'm a nobody. I just got to check myself here. Cause there's some savages yeah, running this race. I would wholeheartedly agree, man. It is a, it's a great experience to be able to get out on the trail and run, and, um, especially in a competitive environment from that standpoint. But man, is it not the nicest group of people that you run across that, that do these things that, uh, you know, they have very similar outlooks on what's important and uh, very supportive groups, uh, just the running community. I've, I've figured that out in the last few years of actually running in general, that everyone's really helpful, man. And uh, but I would say definitely the trails. One, I think it's it's better on the body, but two, running on a trail is it just offers so much more uh, from you know visually and uh, the feeling that you have being in nature. I think it just gets you it can help you get to the finish line, but it's, it's, those are the experiences that you'll remember for sure. Yeah. So do you do anything specific for recovery? Um, you know, yoga or what's kind of your recovery? You know, I stretch like? every night. Um, I do kind of a, a lot of the same yoga moves that I would do if I went to a yoga studio. Uh, maybe not, not necessarily in the same yep. flow or as quick of a flow, but honestly, I'm, I'm typically sitting on my floor stretching at every conversation I'm having at, at night, once my kids are asleep, if I'm watching TV, I'm down on the floor stretching. And so I do a lot of stretching. And then honestly, man, the best thing for recovery for me is go back at it and hammer the next day. I just, <laughs> I'm, I mean, yeah, you know, I've never felt good by saying, ah, I'm going to take a couple of days off or, you know, that makes me feel worse. So, I mean, I ran a 24 hour race and I took the next day off only because you didn't sleep for 24 hours. So you technically right. sleep a little and then don't work out. And then I was at the gym the next morning and it's, that's it's, awesome. Yeah. You might be limited in what you're doing and there might be some, some bugs and some injuries and some things that you're, you're trying to uh, kind of work around. But to me, you know, getting the blood flowing to those muscles and, uh, and most, I think a lot of athletes will tell you now, I mean, much like your when you do your rolling and, and those things, and I don't roll a ton. A lot of people use the foam rollers and I do some, yeah. but not, not a lot. I just, I feel like you can get the same thing from stretching and, um, or at least the same benefits. Yeah. I, I know there's, again, a lot of science out there now with, with the foam rolling and things of that nature. And I have it all, but, um, the, the stretching piece yeah. is something I can't do without. I just feel more equipped to be a, a productive human when I'm flexible and, and not, not stiff yeah. and, and aching, but. Uh, you know, I used to do a lot of cold tub, uh, up to my waist when I was in college and, and after every practice, I, it was a little more like a placebo effect, yep. I think too, but, um, I don't really have access okay. to that anymore. So I don't take cold baths. I don't do those things. Cause a lot of times after an ultra, your feet are extremely sensitive because of the wear and tear. And I right. tried it after my first 50 mile or my wife was sitting, my wife was with me and she said, oh, let's get you in the ice bath. And I literally almost, I was a grown man crying in this bath. And I said, I'm getting out, getting out. I was in there for less than a minute. And, uh, and I, I will never try that because your feet 
are obviously where all the nerve endings are anyway. And they're, they're typically the worst. They're the, they're the part that is in the worst shape after one of those runs. Um, you know, I haven't run one yet, but I haven't lost at least one toenail. You know, you're going to lose a toenail. You're going to, you know, that's where the discomfort's going to be. So it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm not getting any ice, but, uh, I, I do believe in just be, be as prepared as you can when you go. And then I think the recovery is a lot easier. And, uh, and some of it takes, I've run a few of them now, right? After my first 50 miler, I was wrecked. My knee hurt. I, I, I was yeah. wearing Nike trail shoes back then. Now I'll wear Hoka, a lot different. Um, you know, there's just a, yeah. there's just a lot of things <laughs> now that, that I think I'm better at. And now I've run two 24 hour races and I had very little, uh, injury at all after. So, yeah. yeah so I think some awesome. of this is time on your feet. Right. And, uh, having actually right. broken through that barrier of that mileage that you had never reached before. Now that I, I mean, a 50 miler to me, obviously they're hard and I would want to run it faster than I've run it before. But if someone said, let's go run 50 miles, I would, I would literally put my shoes on today and go with them. And I'd, I haven't, I haven't run more than yep. 13.1 since September, but I know I could run 50 miles. So it's just kind of funny how once right. you've done that, What's you know, you, you know, it can be done. It's yeah, for sure. Um, so, what's your what's your diet like? Do you do you subscribe to a specific, you know, diet or meal plan, or you know, how do you keep yourself fueled in a healthy you know, way? I would, I would probably say I'm more paleo than anything else. I I've, I recommend, or at least I've I've helped recommend keto diet to a lot of people that were struggling with weight. Yeah. Um, only because I think you have to eliminate sugar and, and the addiction that comes with sugar, right? I think the quicker you can get, yeah, the quicker absolutely. you can get to the point where your body doesn't crave it, um, and that's usually the easiest way. Um, because even through paleo, you're allowed to eat fruit. Fruit kind of uh, obviously has fructose and it's sweet, and it's uh, it still to me drives that um, sugar addiction. But, um, so I, I am a pretty clean eater though. I'm, my diet's kind of dialed in now at this point. I usually, I still do eat some fruit. Um, but I'm, I'm more of, I kind of subscribe to moderate protein and, and high, high healthy fats, you know, a decent amount of avocado and a lot of yeah. cashews and a lot of peanut butter, uh, you know, the natural kind, some MCT oil powder, um, to get, to get some healthy fats and the, the actual yeah. MCT oil actually upsets my stomach so i do the powder and uh, it does not so dude mct that's so funny you said that because uh my wife just bought me some uh, a big bottle of mct oil and i couldn't tell if it was the mct oil but every time i put it in my coffee my stomach gets gets upset real quick like within an Mm -hmm. hour very common i usually i've told everybody so now if you if you like the idea of the mct oil uh, they have the MCT oil powder and everyone that I've talked to said mm-hmm. that the stomach distress goes away. Uh, I've never had a problem with the powder. Yeah. I've never had a oh, problem with the awesome. powder at all. And I've used it consistently for probably uh, maybe 12 to 18 months. Um, but the oil itself has, yeah. has definitely caused some problems. So, um, but yeah, and then I, you know, I have, I don't really have a cheat day. I don't do that. I'm pretty, I'm kind of the, I'm a boring disciplined guy, uh, but I do eat ice cream. I, I usually eat ice cream. Yep. My wife wants to eat. Um, but I don't, I'm not a day. I don't take in any dairy at all. So, um, I'm not dairy, mm-hmm. no cheese, no whey protein, no milk of any kind. 
I don't like the milk substitutes. I don't really try those. So I'm really just drink water, coffee, um, any caffeine I can because why not? And uh, and then I, I eat a yeah, decent amount no. of. I'm yeah, big on coffee, yeah. man. I eat a decent amount of beef and um, and chicken and brown turkey and and then some brown rice and a lot of vegetables. You know, I tend to like those. I, I use a decent amount of yeah. salt on my foods. You know, I subscribe to the, the salt and I listen to Joe Rogan enough and those guys, all the guys that come on, you know, yeah. but I do understand the benefits of it. I've done some research on it too. I've got a master's degree in health, uh, health promotion. So, I mean, I've, I've been around enough, um, you know, those uh. of those courses and that information. I know science has changed since I've graduated college and things of that nature, but I keep up to date with it. I can kind of decipher through some things that I think are, are, uh, BS and uh, some things that I think are beneficial, and a lot of it's experimental too, right? You know, watch Greenfield; he'll yeah. he'll take every supplement and then tell you about it. So you just read his blogs and find out if it's something you might you might want to try. Yeah. You know, so uh, I do a little bit of that and ex- experimentation. But uh, I've I've definitely started to look in more into any type of hemp and um, you know the the plant based proteins and some things like that that just I think settle in my stomach better and make me feel better. And, um, you know, yeah, for sure. That's, um, I started, so I, I like to experiment too. And it's funny. I'm such, I'm, I like, you know, you're a very disciplined dude and, and you get after it. Um, I'd like to think I'm the same way, but I get, I try to get after it in more of a, a business sense than an athletic sense. Like I'm always trying to remind myself that I need to remain somewhat fit, but, um, so I'm always looking at supplements that I think are going to help me mentally, you know, at work or running a business and being able to balance because like I said before, balance is my biggest issue. I, I'll burn myself at the end of the week and then I realize I haven't worked out, you know, enough this week. So I got to go for a run. So one of the supplements I started using um, recently is it's called Shroom Tech Exercise. I think that's what it's called. Um, it's a mushroom mm-hmm. supplement from Onnit. And dude, it's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Like I, I've tried a few different you know, supplements from them that I, I didn't really get anything out of. But for someone who, um, you know, I work a lot and I work in an office a lot, and then I probably spend, you know, three to five hours a day driving. So I can make every excuse in the book to not work out. But I take some of this shroom tech exercise, and I'm ready to go, man. Like it's it's awesome. I would I highly recommend that. That's one of the first supplements I found that. I can really truly say there's a difference to it and it's not just placebo or it's not minor. It's that stuff gets me going. Um, there's no excuse after nice. I take that. Yeah. I don't know the, the, the difference in yeah. shroom tech and then shroom tech exercise. I'm sure that they've added some, a blend. Um, I was familiar with shroom tech for a little while. Um, obviously, you know, Rogan and, and, uh, and Jocko was actually pushing the, the shroom tech for a little while. I tried it. I had actually tried the cordyceps uh, mushrooms years ago uh, on its own. You know, you can find those uh-huh. kind of as a, its own supplement. And I, and I was happy with the results. You know, it's kind of one of those things that just either faded away because I couldn't yep. afford to continue to to purchase it or it was one of those things where um, it's, you, you went on to the next one, you know, whatever the next new one was that, uh, that might, yeah. might ramp your performance up. But I feel like I'm dialed in pretty good right now. I try not to have to use too many supplements that I would have to purchase all the time. Um, I do like, I do like the yeah. uh, BCAAs, you know, my amino acids. I feel, I feel good when I take those and, 
but I still think you can get the majority of the things you need from eating. And, um, and I do know man, people have different schedules than I have. They're on the road, they're doing a lot of things and it requires a different set of discipline to be able to meal prep all the time. If you're going to travel, uh, the one thing I have learned is that you can make, you know, you can make intelligent decisions when you stop at a, you know, come to the farms or one of these other places that, uh, that you're going to see uh, along the way is you can buy a handful, you know, pack of cashews or peanuts or something that, uh, you know, have some good healthy fats and some salt and something that uh, might fill you up a little bit. You don't have to buy the, the chips and some of those useless uh, calories that so people, so many people are guilty of grabbing and, and, and eating way too much of. Oh, dude, it's a, uh... I would say the time and when you know the more I drive in a day, I'm at a higher risk for making a very bad decision in terms of food, um, because you, and it, and it compounds on itself, so it makes it even worse. So you eat the bad food, and then you're even more tired while you're driving, and you're like, well, may you know maybe I could I could I feel like a soda might help pick me up, and it just gets worse. The the more bad decisions you make with food, the worse it gets. Um, and I'm a victim to it. I try not to drink soda and I try not to eat chips. And we, I'm lucky that my wife is a great cook. So we eat a lot of, you know, healthy home cooked meals. But if I was on my own without her, dude, I would be, yeah. <laughs> I would be trash. Yeah. I would be trash. Like the, I can't, I can't even cook. I'm not going to lie. I don't cook. It's, I'm, I'm just, I have an Italian wife that knows how to do some magical things. Well, you know, and, and, you know, obviously it's scientifically proven that when you're sleep deprived too, you know, you start to, your body, uh, one, it retains body fat and, but also it, it starts to, you know, the cravings are one, you have less willpower because you are exhausted. And, uh, so all those things, you know, they compound yep. each other. I don't love listening to, you know, I know, uh, Rogan had on the, sleep doctor matthew walker i think uh, a couple months back and i listened to it and, and he, he made yeah, some great, I great points and i really didn't want to hear any of it you know because i'm getting six hours of sleep a night and i'm and i'm really not willing to budge off of that schedule man it's one thing that i'm a little stubborn about is is uh i don't necessarily think you need a ton of sleep and uh if it shaves a couple years off my life well you know what i'm gonna be full throttle for all the ones that i am and that i that i have a chance to be on the earth so uh I'll, I'll catch some sleep. Maybe I'll catch some sleep yeah. when I retire, but right now I got too much work to do. Dude, I'm with you, man. Like, yeah, I get six hours and, you know, I feel good. Um, but I get, I have a lot, it's funny. I have a lot of people that come up to me and tell me how, you know, how terrible I, my life is going to be because I'm not sleeping or because, you know, or how unhealthy it is. And I think it's, I feel good enough and I get my work done and I'm energized and I'm not nodding off during the day. So I know for a fact that I'm getting decent sleep, but um, I think some people want to justify the fact that they're not getting up early and they're not doing these things. Oh, it's unhealthy to wake up early. It's really not. I mean, if you need to go to bed earlier, sure. But waking up early is, I've found to be one of the best things. Like I, I wake up with, before the sun every day and I'm pumped for it. I'm absolutely pumped for it. So yeah, you're not you're not changing my sleep schedule. I won't. I yeah, won't I, I, I agree with you though. I think when you run across some people that are okay with mediocrity, and that that's one of their first um, excuses, or or they go to that whatever science that they found that that says that. And again, I'm not discrediting anything that uh, Matthew Walker would say because he sounded extremely intelligent and, and knowledgeable of the subject. But 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I agree that I think the majority one, the majority of the population never even heard that podcast. So they, they probably aren't up to date on the, the most recent uh, uh, data right. uh, and revolving around the hours that you're supposed to sleep. But I do think it's a, it's a crutch that people use and say, oh, well, they tell, you know, my doctor says I need eight hours. If someone says I need eight hours. And I said, OK, well, you know, I'm bottom line is I'm going to maximize the time right. I have, man. And, and unfortunately, or, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, is 4 a.m. is good for me. And, and I get two hours to myself before I really see yep. either either of my children um, at that point. And I, I need my time to kind of get my, my mind right and get the processes in our home going for that day. You know, unload the dishwasher and listen to feed yep. myself with some, some positivity and things that I need and uh, spend my time reflecting or praying and, and doing those things. And, and that helps me be a better person. So to be honest. I live a few less years than I was supposed to. At least I was a good person while I was here, man. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And uh, yeah, I think we'll end on that, man. That's I really like your message. I th- I like everything you're about. I'm I'm super happy you you were able to connect with me and we were able to do this because um, you're one of those people that I hope more people you know listen to and find out about and can get inspired from because. Um, just when I think I'm doing enough, I meet someone like you and I got to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> no, I appreciate the kind of words, man. I appreciate all the interaction that we've had, you know, on social media. That's the beauty of, of social media, honestly, is that you get exposed to some people that, you know, you happen to be from right, right in the backyard here and, but you're out West and we would have never interacted if it wasn't for, you know, social media, Instagram. And, um, that, that's one of the, the beauties of it, man. Yeah. Is you get a chance to meet some, some really interesting people and, and gain inspiration or knowledge from them. And, um, you know, I respect what you're doing with, you know, having a podcast and trying to bring people on that, that might be a benefit to just you or to many, many people. And, and again, I'm, I'm so blessed to be a blessing to others. And, and that's something that I don't take lightly. I, yeah, I wake man. up every day with that purpose. And, um, I'm just happy people are, uh, are receptive to, to the message that I have of, of consistency and being able to pound a rock every day and really just try to maximize our years here because can't get out of life alive, man. So we, we, we got to, you know, yeah, we got to be full throttle dude. while we're here and, and get as much done as we can and help as many people. So I appreciate you, my man. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And uh, have a great week, man. And I'll spread the good word about you because uh, you're an important dude. So I, I appreciate your time and uh, keep yeah, in touch. Yeah, look forward right? to having you out for the Pound the Rock Half Marathon and, uh, at the end of March. Look forward to seeing you in Rhode Island, brother. Absolutely, All right. Have dude. a great week and good luck, good luck right, with, the, uh, with the new birth here coming up soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Bye. Those who foolishly sought power by riding the back of the tiger ended up inside.